Hi, and welcome back to The Voice of Healthcare, episode 15. This is September 2018. My name is Bradley Metrock. I'm CEO of a company called Score Publishing based in Nashville, Tennessee. My co-host on The Voice of Healthcare is Dr. Matt Sobolski. Dr. Matt, say hello. Hey, Brad. Glad to be here today. This show is going to be really exciting. Yeah, I'm excited about it as well. We are very pleased, very honored to have joining us Stuart Patterson, CEO of LifePod. Stuart, say hello. Hello there, Bradley. Hello, Matt. It's my pleasure to join you. Stuart, thank you for joining us. Thank you for giving us some of your time. We appreciate that. Basically, we want to catch up with you with this show since the Voice of Healthcare Summit about 30 days ago at Harvard Medical School. We want to get from y'all what's been going on. Uh, we know you've been quite busy. I want to start right here at the, at the top with your partnership with Mobile Help. This uh, made a lot of waves. I'm just going to give you the floor and let you sort of tell us and the audience, uh, in your words, what this partnership between LifePod and Mobile Help is about, what it accomplishes, why you did it. Well, great. Thanks for asking. We just made a press release about two weeks ago this week, and it was with uh, Mobile Help announcing a strategic partnership. We both share a vision for the possibilities of voice user interfaces to really transform what has been a, a bit of a sleepy industry in the PERS industry. As you know, and, and most of your listeners will know, PERS stands for Personal Emergency Response Systems. And this is a, you know, 20 plus, maybe 30, 40 year industry, which started out with the I've fallen and can't get up necklaces where you had to push the buttons. And then it got revolutionized by this concept of passive triggers, meaning that it had a little accelerometer or barometer in the, in the little pendant that you were wearing. And that would detect that you might have fallen and it would trigger a signal to the central office. And then mobile help, we're proud to say, was really a major disruptor of that industry. Back about 10 years ago or so, they came out with the first cellular-based per solution, meaning that you no longer sort of were only covered in your home via landline connection. And you could roam anywhere with the pendant or with a wearable for that PERS detection device or PERS push button trigger that could, could be going with you anywhere thanks to the, to the mobile network. And they've since become really the innovator, the main innovator in this, in this uh, business. And they are resold by some really well-known brands, including uh, Medical Guardian and VRI and others who are leaders in their own right in the uh, PERS industry. And so we've been discussing with them for a few months the possibility of taking the power of voice. And when we say voice, uh, as you know, probably Bradley, we mean two-way voice, meaning that it can be voice that's initiated or spoken by the user, where the user says, hey, Alexa, or hey, Google, uh, what do you got for me today? Or it can be the system that speaks to the user a little bit out of the blue, but usually with a with a good schedule to operate on for medication reminder, or in the PERS case, what we foresee is the possibility of detecting that somebody may have fallen and then immediately saying to them, 
hey, Carol, it looks like you may have fallen. Are you okay? And we could say that from a LifePod empowered service that's integrated with the mobile help architecture, such that if Carol said, well, I'm okay, but I'd, I'd really like to speak to somebody, and we could then have a dialogue with Carol and figure out whether they'd like to speak with their doctor or whether they'd like to speak with their daughter. And then we could send a text message to their doctor or their daughter, depending on how they answered that dialogue. And we could avoid the possibility of sending them an ambulance and sending an emergency alert to everybody concerned, which is really one of the major problems of the existing per space. So that's just one example of where we're heading with our partnership. And it, I think it gives you a feel for why we're so excited about it is, is we're going to take a pretty standard and, and limited PERS capability, which has been sort of, I've fallen and I'm in potentially life-critical situation, or I'm not, I'm, I'm A-OK, into a very sophisticated set of, of conditions where you might want somebody to help you, you might want a response of some sort, but a phone call from your daughter might be enough. And in that case, LifePod will figure that out and, and make that phone call happen. So that gives you some idea. Let me stop there and see if that makes any sense to you on the podcast. Oh, yeah. No, no, that is, uh, that's great. Oh, yeah. It makes sense to me, too. Bradley, if you don't have an immediate follow-up, I'd love to follow Oh, oh no, I, I do. But do you, you wanna, do you want to follow up on mobile help? Or? No, you go ahead with yours, and then I've got one after that. Okay. So that's excellent. That is just further indication of LifePod gaining traction in the marketplace. It's a beautiful thing to see companies like yours doing tangible things. <laughs> you know, it's, it may sound stupid to say, but there's a lot of talk, you know, and that's one thing I love about what you're doing, Stuart, is that, you know, y'all are really blazing a trail with tangible steps and you're, 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 you're putting some numbers on the board in a meaningful way. It's fun to watch. The other thing that I want to make sure that we cover is that LifePod has got an Indiegogo campaign, which is very interesting. Share with us about Indiegogo, why LifePod's using Indiegogo, what's available. Uh, walk us through that decision and what's up with that. Well, we've always, uh, since we started LifePod, we've always had this vision that there's millions of families out there where the elderly parents are getting to that point where they, their sons and daughters want to keep track of them and want to monitor them and want to support them but the only thing they've had available is the PERS necklace or wearable that that person might actually carry in their pocket. And companies have started and stopped in some cases, or they're started and they're still going, but they're pivoting into other areas that have all tried to base this off of a, the mobile phone and the sort of younger generation's model of everything I do, I'll get from my mobile phone. And what they found is that that doesn't necessarily work when your parent isn't always carrying their mobile phone or isn't always happy to sort of squint down at their mobile phone and figure out how to how to distinguish uh, a, an online browser or whatever it is to, to use it or load some new app, et cetera. And so we've always felt that voice is the breakthrough for these services, for, for providing that new level of connectedness, that new level that tells the son or daughter your mom or dad is okay, or provides the mom or dad with a little reminder that's been structured 
by the son or daughter or that their son or daughter has helped them set up on the LifePod system that tells them something as simple as, it's my birthday, why don't you give me a call today? Or Jeopardy starts in 15 minutes, so why don't you turn to channel, you know, TBS or whatever it is. Or did you take, do you remember to take those two breakfast pills that the doctor said were so important when you picked them up or when he prescribed them last week? There's been no way for uh, sons and daughters around the country to do that for their parents in a way that just works. And that's really been the goal of LifePod all along. At the same time, there's been nothing that that son or daughter could provide that the senior user would smile and say, oh, that's nice. Somebody's checking in on me or somebody's reminding me of this. I don't have to remember all these things by myself. I mean, I'm sure so many listeners will have experienced, as I did, you know, that phase of life of our parents where they're putting post-it notes on every surface in their room trying to remember something that they just don't want to forget, but they know that they've forgotten a hundred times. Well, they give it to LifePod or they tell their, their son or daughter that they want it to put on LifePod and suddenly it's totally off their shoulders and they'll be reminded of it every day or every week or whenever they wanted it. So Indiegogo is our way of testing our hypothesis or testing our, our thought and our belief that there are millions of people who want something besides just a PERS necklace to support and to keep track of and to help their parents feel better connected to them, their loving family, and to provide their parents at the final analysis with access to all these online services that the rest of us take for granted. For example, if I say, you know, I want to listen to Frank Sinatra, then all I have to do is say, Alexa, turn on Frank Sinatra for, or play samples from Frank Sinatra for me, or play my Pandora radio, Frank Sinatra station. And all of those things work very quickly. But my father never would have remembered exactly what order to say those words in. And now I can set up with LifePod, I can set up a little reminder that says, Dad, would you like to listen to some Frank Sinatra while you eat dinner or something? And that turns a sort of a complicated, it shouldn't be complicated, but it is a complicated syntax, as those of us in the voice industry call it, that turns a complicated syntax that they have to remember into a yes, no question that they just have to answer. So that's a long-winded way of saying LifePod is a way for us to say to people, we're coming to market. We will be on Indiegogo by the time our yours and my discussion today airs, and it will allow people to order on a discounted basis a subscription to LifePod for their parents such that they're among the first users to get either a LifePod unit or a subscription or both. And the only reason I say either a LifePod unit is we, by that time, we may have a smart speaker that just supports LifePod off the shelf. So they would be the first subscribers to LifePod in the world. And we think that there's a lot of people who will appreciate that and who will want to sign up. Well, in my mind, Stu, there's no doubt that people would be lining up to sign up for something like that. So many times in my view, you know, I think tech is created without sort of this number one quality in mind of human dynamics, which is our pro-social innateness, meaning, you know, we want to be connected, we desire to be connected. We started 
connected in tribes. We advanced ourselves around fires, sharing tools and tribes that didn't are now extinct. And therefore, at the bottom of our brainstem is this innateness to be connected to other people. So the idea that you've created an instrument and a tool that creates a human being's ability to reach out beyond the, the walls of the home or the chair, if they're immobile, is really something. I uh, have been part of talks and some of my own work extolling the benefits of connectivity for reducing things like length of stay or reducing exacerbation of disease. So all that being said, we are fans of what you're doing. I totally believe in what you're doing. And it's beyond just the necklace sort of concept from decades ago. That being the case, for some of our listeners who may not be as well-versed in the landscape of voice uh, applications in healthcare, give us a little bit of sense of if someone has one of these in the home, what is it like? How do they use it? Is it part of just an everyday, hey, I want to listen to some music and buy some things. And by the way, I just fell down, help me out. Could you go through a little bit of a hypothetical for the audience to get a better sense of the context of your tool? Sure. So I I think what you're asking is if I were to have a subscription and, and want to set up the service for my mom or dad? Yes. If you want to set it up and then how it would interact with them in the home. Okay. So we talk about, let me sort of start with your, your second question there of how it would interact with them in the home. We talk about the arc of the day. And I sometimes have to tell people that there are millions of people out there who, you know, many of them, but not all of them are over the age of 65. There's plenty of them who are, who are 55 to 65 with chronic diseases and living alone and and even even younger but there are millions of these people who spend all day in a single room often in a single chair or you know where they only get up from that chair for their two or three meals or to go to the bathroom or whatever and they they watch tv or they read books or they maybe talk on the telephone but they're really not getting out of the house all that often and for them what we've found in our pilots and and in the early users is of LifePod is that they love something, you know, and if you think what one of my colleagues says is if you were to spend a day with that person, you would probably speak to them at least once an hour or so. And if you think about that arc of the day, what are you going to talk to them about in the morning? What are you going to talk to them around, around midday? What are you going to talk to them about in the evening? And that's probably what they want to be asked. So a check-in in the morning might be, Carol, uh, this is LifePod. How did you sleep last night? And then if she says, great, you say, wonderful, have a nice day. And she said, thank you. Now, that couldn't be simpler, but for, again, for somebody who's never been asked, how did you sleep last night? Because they don't live with anybody else. It's actually pleasant to, to be woken up with that. And of course, LifePod has the simple intelligence and power such that the caregiver can also set up a different response should she say she didn't sleep well. So she could say, I didn't sleep well to that that greeting in the morning. And it would say, oh, well, that's too bad. Would you like me to tell your daughter that you didn't sleep well and to call you? And she could say yes or no. And if she says yes, of course, it would send out a text to the daughter and she could immediately check in which immediately creates this, not only this sense of 
support right out of the morning and out of the morning gates, but this feeling of connectedness you, you just talked eloquently about. And then through the rest of the day, we do this mix of check-ins, reminders, uh, where the reminders can be very serious around medications and around behavioral therapies, which many of our healthcare partners are saying is really the low-hanging fruit, like don't forget to get a drink of water once or twice a day. Don't forget to move around if you're, you know, you have problems with diabetes or or obesity or something. Don't forget, or they could be much more lighthearted, like Jeopardy or your grandson's birthday, would you like to call them? And then, as I mentioned in the intro segment there, there's this other element of just distractions, you know, services that provide wonderful entertainment in some cases, information in another case. But would you like to hear your favorite news flash? Would you like to listen to some music? Would you like to connect to Audible and listen to a book on tape starting where you were before? Or would you like to hear the joke of the day just for a little bit of humor? There's a lot of people who love the weather. And my mother used to love, you know, checking her little weather radio. You no longer need a dedicated weather radio. And what about, you know, the time? I just, we're, we're going to put one of our, our beta units into the uh, apartment of my mother-in-law's friend who told me she was about to buy a clock that would tell her the time every 15 minutes. And I said, well, you could ask this LifePod unit the time whenever you felt like it, and we could also set it up to tell you every half an hour or every hour when you like it for the time. And she said, oh, it could do that? And I said, yes, it could, and it could do other things. She said, oh, I'd love to get that rather than buy this dedicated clock that's always going to remind me. So we really think about the caregiver sitting down with their with, and they're, they're the son or daughter in most cases, but it could be a professional sitting down with their senior user and saying, you know, what do you want to be reminded about? Some of them are really purposeful and some of them are more frivolous. What do, when, is it okay with you if we check in once or twice a day, two or three times a day and just see how you're doing? And then what kinds of these online services that are so miraculous now that you can control with your voice which of them would you like to take advantage of? And then we usually end up with somewhere between 10 and 15 of those little dialogues that happen every day during the day. So does that give you a sense? I, I don't want to go on too much absolutely. further. No, no, absolutely. I, you know, I think you bring up a really good point, Stu, which is, and uh, I'll back up a bit. You, you were talking about some of these more sort of iterative, simple sort of tools of the day, you know, the weather, music, the idea of just asking someone how they are when they would otherwise be alone. And Rory Sutherland out of Ogilvy has been quoted as saying something along the lines of, you know, we tend to study the complex human depths when in reality, influence and persuasion and health can be modified and optimized by studying the human shallows. And you bring out this idea of, the importance of what we would otherwise consider in the tech world as being something as simple as, hello, how are you? Or how's the weather? It's truly sort of a game changer when it comes to someone who doesn't have regular human contact or is hungry for that, keeping their minds stimulated and keeping them connected to loved ones or others, or just even a passive monitoring tool. So I'm fascinated by what you're creating. Michael Fitzpatrick at Pullstring 
reminded all of us at the Voice of Healthcare Summit that the concept of incrementalization is really important to think about right now. And I think that what you have with LifePod is an exemplar of that and then some. And we're really, really excited about where you're taking the product and where it's headed and your partnerships. I wanted Bradley to follow up from here, but I really appreciate that explanation. Thanks, Stu. Yeah, if you don't mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pile on a little bit to what you just said, Matt. Absolutely. And thank you for, for the encouraging words. I would say that we're not incrementalism. And I, I'm going to go out a little bit on a limb here because of, of some of the earlier things that you said about, about how powerful what we're doing is. And because of the reaction that I'm actually, that we get as a company, it's not just me, Stuart, it's all of us, uh, life potters who are out there telling the story every day is, is you'd be shocked at uh, two things. One is anyone who has not cared for somebody before at a distance is really sort of scratching their heads when we tell them that we're going to play a little uh, nice tone and interrupt somebody's day or space and and then ask them how they slept last night or ask them if they remembered to move around and do their physical therapy or something. I, I mean, we really, I was on the phone with an engineer in, you know, one of the companies that shall remain nameless, I guess, you know, and, and he said, really, don't you have a problem with, with people not wanting to be interrupted and, and feeling like you're invading their space or something? And I, and what we've found is that we actually have to ask, you know, have you ever had to care for anyone? And have you ever cared for anyone who's, who doesn't have a lot of company and doesn't have a lot of activities in their day? and may be restricted in some you know, way, shape, or form. And so th- that's, that's why I, I, I think it's, it also gets to this idea of a reactive voice or proactive voice, which I wanted to mention in, in the terms of your uh, statements about incrementalism and, and how we should all be just pushing the envelope forward a little bit at a time. What's happened with the explosion in smart speaker success is that a concept that we've, we're now calling reactive voice has really just exploded onto the, you know, from, from Siri, it's exploded onto smart speakers in people's homes. And now it's, it's being considered to be multi-channel, multi-purpose, et cetera, omni-channel, you name it. But it's still all reactive voice. And I spoke a little bit about this with Bradley, I think, when we, when we talked last month in uh, Boston. And the, the reactive voice is simple. I speak to it, I wake it up, and then I tell it what I want. And usually that takes the form of, of a simple question and an, and, a, and an attempted answer. Or I want a service and I get that. So, so I get music streaming to me ab, 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 upon asking. Our model is really not incremental in that battle that's going on between Amazon and Google and Samsung's about to make a lot of noise about Bixby 2.0 and and all these guys who are, uh, you know, Sonos is rumored to be preparing their own approach. And so they're all going to be bringing us these voice interfaces that are are going down that reactive voice uh, single user model. Our model is is a breakthrough model. We hope that the whole world jumps on board. We don't want to be the only one promoting this. And in fact, I'm, 
I'm signing up as quickly as we can. We are signing up uh, partners. Mobile Help is obviously our most recent. Commonwealth Care Alliance was our first in the healthcare side of things, and they serve the most needy patients in the world as as a as an organization, a billion dollar provider of healthcare. But this model is proactive voice serving the caregiver and serving the user in the new ways that we've discussed just a couple minutes ago. And we think it's a breakthrough model, but it's hard to get the industry because the industry is all debating what we should do next on an incremental basis in order to change Alexa or in order to change OK Google, in order to change Bixby. What should we do next on that reactive voice model? Nobody is really championing other than us and the people who support us, which is great uh, and it's a growing number, but nobody else is saying, well, we really have to move quicker on this proactive voice model because we do believe it's, it's transformational. You've been listening to Stuart Patterson, CEO of LifePod. LifePod will be part of the Alexa conference coming up in January, January 15th to the 17th in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Stuart, Thank you very, very much for the time today. This has been phenomenal catching up with you and, and LifePod. My pleasure, Bradley, and great to talk to you and Matt. Yeah, we really appreciate it, Stu. Thank you so much. We're excited for you all. Yeah, this, is, this has been fantastic. For The Voice of Healthcare, Episode 15, thank you for listening, and until next time.